Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, I don't normally like to start back-to-back shows with exactly the same topic, but after hearing Mike McCarthy's news conference on Monday, it's very hard not to start this show talking about the fourth quarter because I think Mike McCarthy said the phrase fourth quarter in that news conference at least a half a dozen, somewhere between a half a dozen and a dozen times because this team's issue right now is the failure to finish games. Yeah, you have to. Uh, we discussed this, and, and it's been a big topic here, not just this week, but you know, you go look back at the Rams game and, and some of the, you know, where they came up short against Detroit. It's finishing drives. It's finishing defensive possessions. It's getting takeaways in clutch situations. And the Packers have just not been able to, to string that together consistently. Uh, the, the question I have, and I think everybody has, is what do you have to do to accomplish that? What does it come down to? And, you know, in meetings this week and, and all the things that they're going to be sitting down and discussing, it's going to be trying to figure that out because now you're taking on a Miami Dolphins team that's been pretty well conditioned for fourth quarter situations. They've had some pretty close games, too, here to be 5-4 and four at this part of the season. Yep. The Packers have to respond. Yeah, and I don't want to, to beat a dead horse here, but I tell you, when you start to think about all of the plays and all of the regrets in the fourth quarter of the last couple of weeks, right. you know, the sack by Aaron Donald on third down for the Rams, the fumble on the kickoff, the 23-yard run by Todd Gurley on third and six when you right. had a chance to, to make that actually a, what could have been a fairly tough field goal for Greg Zerline. Go to New England, the fumble by Aaron Jones, another sack on a third down that uh, leads to a three and out. The defense gets caught on a trick play a missed tackle on the Josh Gordon play. All of these things happening in the fourth quarter. Now, that's not to say there aren't mistakes in the first three quarters. The Packers certainly have their things to overcome there as well. But when they start to pile up like that in the fourth quarter, man, they make it just it just makes it so hard to overcome. Well, you have to buckle down because you're going up against the clock at that point in time. Yeah, you can make mistakes earlier in a game, and the Packers made a handful of those against New England, but you had time on your side. Yeah. You had opportunities <clears throat> to respond. But when you're playing Tom Brady, as we said all week long, Mike, you're just not going to get a lot of opportunities to be able to have a lapse or a miscue. You have to you know, be on top of your game throughout that to put yourself in a position to win that football game. And th- here's the thing. The Packers are going to come up on a stretch here now. You got, We'll see exactly who's going to start a quarterback. It sounds like it'll probably still be Brock Osweiler with this capsule injury that you know, Ryan Tannehill's dealing with. Yeah. But you got him coming up. You have Russell Wilson, and you got Kirk Cousins again. Um, all those guys are very capable. Wilson has played at the highest point of this game. But it is going to be interesting to see what the Packers can do against them because, okay, you're no longer facing Goff and Brady who are get-the-ball-out-quick type up-tempo offenses. Now you're going to see a little bit more traditional stuff. So uh, I think they need to take some of the lessons they learned because there were positives to be drawn from these games. But now can you incorporate that to beat some teams that I think the Green Bay Packers at the beginning of 2018, when they were laying out the schedule, felt that they could beat. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you entirely. The other thing we need to definitely talk about with regards to Mike McCarthy's news conference is the injury update. Um, It sounds as though right tackle Brian Balaga has avoided anything serious with the knee injury, but his evaluation is ongoing. His availability for this week at this point is, is certainly in question. Jason Spriggs has stepped in for him at right tackle for the remainder of the Patriots game and, and would presumably be that guy again. 
Not such good news, though, on Geronimo Allison. It sounds like his uh, groin injury that he sustained in practice last week that kept him out of the New England game, it sounds like it's a, a pretty big deal, potentially a, a, a real core muscle thing that could require a, a procedure. So he could be out for several weeks. On the defensive side, um, Blake Martinez, um, amazing, quite frankly, that he came back in the game after the ankle injury. He turned his ankle when he was chasing after Tom Brady on that one play. He did come back in. Now, there's a lot of swelling, apparently, that he's dealing with in that ankle. So, again, he's going to be another uh, another wait-and-see situation. And then Kevin King with the hamstring injury. Mike McCarthy labeled him as being hard-pressed to be able to play this week. And, you know, we all know whether you're talking groin injury, hamstring injury, those types of things, usually those are not just one-week deals though nothing's been announced that, uh, that, that anything with King is as serious as it is with Allison. So what do you make of all of that news? Because the Packers came out of the bye week as healthy as can be, right. and now here we are talking about a, a long list of injuries. With again. the exception of Balaga, we're going to put him as an outlier right now because it sounds like whatever the situation may be for Sunday, it's not going to be long-term. But let's look at the other three individuals. When you have Allison, when you have King, and you have Martinez, who are the next men up at those positions? For the most part, they're rookies. It's your Oren Burks's, it's your Marquez Valdez Scantlings, and it's your Josh Jackson's. It's Josh Jackson was the one that subbed in for King last week. Right. I think going into this game, and again, we're going to have to see how this injury report plays out. There's three practices between now and Sunday. But this could potentially be the most important game, I believe, of the season for that rookie class and what could potentially be asked of them. I do tip my cap to Antonio Morrison. I thought Morrison played a pretty good ball game, considering yeah. he wasn't even in the game at the beginning. It was Oren Burks who started, then Jermaine Whitehead goes in, and then Morrison ends up being the signal caller, you know, the communicator in the second half yeah. during the stretch that Blake Martinez was gone. And he and he may hold that job this week, not to cut yeah. you off, but with uh, the Dolphins and how they like to feed Frank Gore yeah, and what they're sure. trying to do with their running game, maybe Antonio Morrison does play a, a much bigger role this yeah. week. Uh, but I said it in inbox too, Mike. I think that this could potentially, with the understanding that it sounds like King won't go, this could be a huge game for Josh Jackson. I agree. I, I think we've been talking about this young man and getting opportunities and being able to get out there. The Packers have used him six different ways from Sunday right now. <laughs> he was even playing that hybrid linebacker spot a little bit after yeah, Jermaine White had left in that dime pseudo package. Right. So I, I'm very interested to see him. I think he's done some really good things at this point in the season, and it's just been mostly about trying to find an opportunity for him to get out in the field. Bashad Breland started the other's opposite corner last week. He's back in the fold. He said he feels like he'll benefit from being able to kind of get his feet underneath him in that game against New England. The Packers have felt good about their depth at, at with the secondary for a while, and it's not just one or two players deep. They feel like they can go deep at multiple spots. They very well may have to test that going into Sunday against the Dolphins. Yeah, well, we've certainly seen over the course of the last several weeks what Marquez Valdez-Scantling can do when his number is called. We talked about it on the show yesterday. Three catches for 101 yards. They happen to all come in the third quarter yeah. of that game, but with Allison's injury sounding like it could be multiple weeks, Valdez-Scantling is going to get a lot of snaps, and based, based on how he's performed, Aaron Rodgers certainly has shown confidence in him. I think he's, as much as Rodgers has talked about wanting to get the ball more to Adams and not forgetting about Adams even when maybe the defenses are, are do, trying to do some things to take him away, if Valdez-Scantling is getting open, he's, he's becoming a tough cover because if you want to devote extra attention to Devontae Adams or Jimmy Graham, 
Valdez Scantling is tough to cover one-on-one because he's got the combination of size and speed. Yeah, he does, and, and that's actually what stands out to me the most right now uh, is that you knew what you're getting, 4.37 speed or whatever it was, him coming out of the combine. You knew what his size and his measurables and his length looked like, but it really, until you take that individual and put them on the field with Aaron Rodgers, there's just so many unknowns. I think over these last five games, what we've learned about Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the scene, the lights are not too bright for him. Mm -hmm. He's going to be able to go in there and operate within the offense and make the necessary adjustments. And yeah, is he going to be able to run the route tree like Devontae Adams right now? Absolutely not. But I think the Packers have done a really good job of scheming stuff that works for him. And actually, I think he's demonstrated really good footwork off the line of scrimmage that he doesn't always have to rely on his speed to gain separation downfield. He's a legit playmaker. The fact that I, I tweeted this yesterday, 22.1 or 21.2, I forget what it is, his average yards per catch right now, yeah. second in the league to Deshaun Jackson among you know qualifying receivers with enough snaps and, and playing time. So I, I've been really impressed with him. And if they have to proceed here for a number of weeks with Marcos Valdez-Scantling as that pseudo three or whatever you want to call it, I think he's shown in these past few games that – you know, he's up for that task. Yeah, my favorite catch of his maybe so far this season was the one he made. It was two plays before the end of the third quarter in New England. And, hey, I take nothing away from the great move off the line of scrimmage for the 40-yard touchdown against the Rams and that ball on the crossing route against the Patriots, just a pinpoint throw by Rodgers right on the fingertips, really, really solid catch. But the third down play right before that one, Kind of a broken play a little bit, and Valdez Scantling is down the sideline, and Rodgers puts it up there and gives him a chance to make a play. You know, contested ball down the sideline. He's got to he's got to fight the cornerback for it and keep his feet in bounds and make the play. And those are the types of plays that that can flip things. That's the play that got the Packers going on that drive, even though that was the one the drive that ended with with the Aaron Jones fumble. But man, you make contested catches like that. There is no better way to earn confidence from your quarterback. I mean, that's what Geronimo Allison did. Yep. I mean, that's what Randall Cobb did. It's certainly what Devontae Adams did to get to this point in his career. And, dude, this thing that happened in this game against the Patriots, the amount of attention they put on Adams with having Gilmore trail him in coverage the entire time and shadow him, uh, that, that's going to continue happening. I, defenses are going to continue to put a premium on being able to limit his opportunities. I, I get what Aaron Rodgers is saying. You still want to get him the football, but it's going to be incumbent on the Marquez Valdez-Scantlings and even the Jimmy Grahams to, if they get opportunities, if they get single-man defense against them, you got to catch the ball and you got to produce. And, yeah, you and get, to Valdez-Scantling's credit, he's done that. Yeah, you got to make the play, no doubt about it. Um, Very quickly, Wes, Packers fans, you probably have noticed these uh, quick-trip Karuba coffee cups we've had on the set here for the last few shows. But uh, be sure to stop in at your local quick trip. Pick up your Packers cup today, 89-cent refills on your Cafe Karuba coffee all season long. You and I had some free Cafe Karuba coffee last week. That's right, we did. Pretty tasty we stuff. Did. That was that was all right. That was <laughs> all right. Hey, Wes, I'm going to throw a loaded question at you here. Oh, yes, let's do it. Um, we heard from Aaron Rodgers after Sunday night's game, very critical of himself, certainly taking his share of the responsibility in terms of not playing up to his own standards, and as such, the offense not clicking in the way that uh, he would like it to and the way it's been expected to. So I want to throw this question out at you. How much of what's going on here with the Packers can get fixed if Aaron Rodgers simply starts playing better? I think quite a bit. I, I, I mean, he's your leader. He's mm -hmm. your, you know, your colonel. I mean, he is the guy that the rest of the team is going to beat to his drum. I mean, 
he just is the player that I think when you look at an MV two time MVP that's won a Super Bowl that's done the things that Rodgers has done throughout his career, the, the defense, the offense, they they really do, you know, kind of radiate to him in, in terms of where they draw their energy from. And and I went back and I mentioned this in inbox in Tuesday's inbox because somebody had asked about you know there's no re- relax or run the table phrases yet and it wasn't really a phrase in 2016. I you and I left. FedEx field. We had this conversation. Something felt different. Even though it was a loss, it yep. felt like they they found something in that game. Whether it was Jared Cook or whatever it was, they found something that they were going to be able to grab onto and build momentum from. The Packers need that now. Devontae Adams said that after the game, too. They need a game, and they need a winning streak, Mike, is what they really need. Yeah. You need to be able to put together two straight victories and know what that feels like again. I know it was kind of a punchline in, in Bull Durham, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should say it was actually uh, Major League. It's right. true. You get you get on a winning streak. Every the water tastes better. The air is cleaner. You just <laughs> feel good about yourself. That's where they're at right now. And getting back to the Rodgers point, sixty point nine, whatever his completion percentage is right now. The thing I look for is that when those completion percentages are higher, not just Aaron Rodgers, NFL quarterbacks, it signals efficiency in the offense. I don't think it's it's a a red herring or anything like that. I think it's just a representation that the efficiency hasn't been where it's needed to be. There haven't been yeah. completed catch after pl- completed catch, and that's what the Packers are looking for now going into Miami. Yeah, I'll say this about Aaron Rodgers, because he does, he does need to play better, and he's admitted it. He's not playing up to his own standards. What Aaron Rodgers does for this team is he gives the entire team a bigger margin for error. I rattled off earlier in the show all of the fourth quarter mistakes that have happened over the last two weeks that have cost the Packers a couple of games that they very well could have won. The only one really that is on Rodgers was the one we actually talked about in yesterday's show where he admitted on the the failed pass to EQ, he should have held the ball and taken the deep shot to Devontae Adams, and maybe that's the play that flips the game in the fourth quarter, and it didn't happen. He took responsibility for that. The other mistakes that we've seen from Aaron Rodgers, the other regrets, most of those have really been in the earlier parts of the game, and that's where I say it's Rodgers that – if he's playing better, he'll give this team a greater margin for error because nobody's going to play a perfect fourth quarter, and the Packers have had too many mistakes in the fourth quarter, but he's the guy who will give them a chance to overcome a fourth quarter mistake because of maybe some fewer errors earlier on yeah. that that he's taken responsibility for. I, I, I hope I've made some sense yeah, there. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying because it, here's the thing. Everybody wants to know why the offense – it hasn't been clicking the way they wanted to click and doing the things that they felt they were capable of doing. And it's not one player. I, I think Rodgers, if, if he plays well, everybody plays up to that, that level. I think that's the point we're trying to make. Yeah. And there just hasn't been enough of that. There hasn't been enough playmaking. There hasn't been enough you know, guys coming up clutch in a key situation to turn a football game. Packers have won some football games. They've won a game very convincingly. But it's been the games, when you look at the difference, you go to Washington, Mike, you go to Detroit, and you look at those last two victories, those last two defeats, I guess in that case, with the Rams and the Patriots. All those teams, when they needed to put the foot on your throat, so to speak, they did it. They did it. 
Yep. That's where the Packers are trying to get right now. That's where you get away from the heart attack games. That's where you get away from you know, having to, to go down to the 60-minute wire. You want to play 60 minutes, but you also want to be able to put this thing away too, and, and the Packers are trying to find that happy medium. Yeah. All right. Uh, quickly, Wes, it's time to enter the Cousin Subs Best Seats in the House promotion. You and a guest could win a chance to kick back on the 50-yard line in style. Two pairs of lucky Packers fans will be chosen prior to each home game for this VIP experience. Enter daily now through December 16 by completing the entry form and submitting. For complete rules and eligibility, go to Packers.com slash best seats. Cousin subs, we believe in better. Okay, we, we'll talk about the Dolphins and where things are with that team in tomorrow's show. Our Wednesday show usually is the, is the focus on the opponent. With where this Packers team is right now, and we started the show talking about the fourth quarter. Very frustrating to see, I think, especially on the defensive side, after a really pretty respectable effort against Tom Brady through three quarters, the way things kind of fell apart in that fourth quarter. I really thought that that goal line stand in the third quarter in New England was going to be the thing that just that that really lifted up this defense and and potentially was uh, was going to be the you know the signature moment. It didn't happen that way, but that goal line stand, I think, is still something for this defense to build on because they're going to be in that situation again. And, yeah, they're not always going to go for it on fourth down. But, man, you get goal to go inside the five-yard line. You know, one or two times here down the stretch, Wes, if the Packers' defense can hold a team to a field goal in that situation, it could change a game. Yeah, and the, the nice thing about that play, too, is that they held, and then J.K. Scott had one of his best punts of the season out of his own end zone for 48 yards, and then you got a holding penalty. Completely flipped the field position yeah. battle. I think during this this little, whatever you want to call it, doldrums, losing streak, whatever, one of the things the Packers have really been struggling with is the controlling the field position battle. It's ultimately yes. what played into them sort of probably, you know, coming up short against Los Angeles. So, yeah, that that was a huge moment because not only did the defense feel good about itself being able to hold its ground at, you know, the half-yard line, but it also flipped the field position in addition to keeping points off the board. The biggest thing for the defense, I think, right now is the fact that exactly what you predicted, you had a guy like Mike Daniels step up, make some plays when a little bit more attention was going to Kenny Clark. You still are working on the pass rush. We knew that was going to be an outlier against the Patriots because of just how quickly Brady gets the ball out and the times in which he does hold on to the football. He finds a receiver in the vicinity of a ball and is able to throw it away from the pocket. So that being said, these last two weeks have been tough. They've been hard, but you've also played two of the top offenses in the league. You've played a Hall of Fame quarterback. You played some a guy that might end up being the MVP this season, uh, depending on how things work out for Patrick Mahomes. And I'm speaking about Todd Gurley. Mm -hmm. So that being said, now you get the Dolphins. Now you get a, a more grindy, gritty type football team. They're just trying to move the chains right now with what they're doing with Frank Gore. Yeah, you got to keep in mind Kenny Stills, but I think this is the defense. Whatever has happened. In the back of your mind right now, you have to keep your focus on the Dolphins with the understanding that you've been tested the last two weeks. And not to say that this is going to be a let-up, but you're also not going to be seeing Jared Goff or Tom Brady either. Yeah, and what I really liked about that goal line stand, too, because I took a look at it really closely, and it, it's my What You Might Have Missed feature on the website for this week. So if you want to check out the plays, all four of the plays from the one-yard line, please do so. But there were it was a good six or seven different Packers defenders in the course of those four plays that really stepped up. And I mean, Mike Daniels yeah. and Blake Martinez, against uh, those two running plays on first and second down just made outstanding plays Josh Jones made a great play on on the second down there what I really liked from the pass coverage standpoint was on third down it was a classic pick play Edelman and Chris Hogan 
uh, over on the right side where Brady is rolling out. They run the pick play, and uh, Jair Alexander and Tremon Williams defended that perfectly. There was no... There, there was no stumble. There was no collision. There was no wasted steps. Both of those guys were covered, and then Josh Jackson get, bats the ball down um, to, for, to force the fourth down. That kind of defense, that's that's what you have to build on. And I, and I think this Packers defense is starting to do that. Um, now, if things can start clicking, as Aaron Rodgers likes to say on offense, I really think this team can get something going. And if you start getting some takeaways more consistently on defense, then the wind is really in the back of your sails. So that's what I'm going to be looking for in this game against Miami when we preview that show and, and, and that game in tomorrow's episode. All right. With that, we will sign off on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in everybody see you next time